We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. This is a little bit of a different episode. We're not going to be talking about the games. The Yankees haven't played a game since we last recorded. They are playing tonight against Oakland. But with the trade deadline, you know, about a month away, we figured it might be a good time to look back at some past trade deadlines, see what the Yankees have done, see what Brian Cashman has done. Also taking a look at what previous championship teams, both Yankees and recent championship winners, have done at the deadline because we all... Hope this is another championship team for the Yankees, and uh, it's it's fun to look back and see what moves have worked, what moves haven't worked, and and the approaches that some of these general managers have taken. Next week, we're going to be doing our a midseason GM trade deadline episode. We've always done the offseason GM episode, but Logan and Ilya are going to be teaming up with us. Uh, you know, we're going to be doing the whole the whole rigmarole. I'm going to be laying out my plan with Logan. We're a team. And Scott, you're going to be laying out your plan with Ilya. And then we can shit all over each other's plans. That's going to be the episode next week. Perfect. Those are, no, it's going to be fun. I'm, I actually, uh, I love playing GM. I love, I love this role. So it's, uh, and this is going to be a very, very important trade deadline for the Yankees because clearly they have you know, the caliber of team that could go deep into the into the postseason and potentially win the World Series. So it's a matter of like if they make the right moves, does Cashman do the right thing? Does he satisfy the depth any depth concerns? Does he go out and make a splash for that impact player that, you know, makes a uh makes a makes a mark and is a difference maker, an X factor, if you will, in the playoffs. Big, big time for Cashman to shine. He actually needs this. He needs this deadline to go well for him. Well, I think people are gonna be because it can go either way. When your team is going so well, there is an argument to be made for why you're going to change things up. Don't fix what's not broken. 
But that also, I think a lot of times triggers people to be like, wait, why aren't you trying to get better? Why aren't you making moves to get better? This team can win a World Series. So I I, I think people play both sides of that. They do. But if he sits there, uh, if they, he sits there with his, his hands under his ass and doesn't do anything, then he will get destroyed because there are always opportunities to improve your team and, and to take advantage of what's out there on the market. And again, the Yankees are sometimes a, he doesn't like the market. You know that cash cash that's true. loves talking about what the market presents him. That and they're in true. on everything. They're always having conversations, right? He has conversations I mean, yeah. with everyone. Jeez. But if he doesn't like what the market is presenting him, he's not gonna pull he's not gonna pull the trigger. Like 20 uh 2019, uh they they didn't really do much at the 2019 deadline, even though that team was in first place. Uh Throughout the season leading up to the deadline, the Yankees, uh, they acquired Alfredo Garcia, Terrence Gore, Edwin Encarnacion, and that's really it. They, they, didn't, they didn't acquire some, some bigger name pitchers out there, like Granky. Granky got moved at that deadline. Granky was not an option. Maybe. No, he wasn't. That's been very, very well documented. He does not want to play for the New York Yankees. Not an option. People, people continue continue to shit on Cashman for not going after Zach Greinke when, in fact, he has multiple times said that I am not playing for the New York Yankees. So, I don't know what you want the guy to do at that point. Yeah, but fine. But there were there there were, that my point is that the Yankees didn't acquire anyone of note at the 2019 deadline, and. It could have Encarnacion been because of, was well before it too. That right? was like middle was of a, June. It was yeah. It was like a month ahead of of it. And you you know, looking at that, what it what it could have been, I think was it was an interesting move. I think we all liked it at the time, no doubt. And he started off hot, but he addressed some things a little early there. And you know, I just think the biggest difference here is that is where the team is positioned currently going into the um, the All Star break, you know, and then into the post or the trade deadline. This team just, it's different. It's different this year. Everybody knows that. It's different this year. The expectations are through the roof now. So there needs to be that 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 next that next level. And and you know, people are looking to Brian Cashman, who's on on good terms with the fans right now, right? He's on good terms because a lot of the things that he did in the offseason have worked out relatively well. But this is a big moment for him. Yeah, the Yankees also at the 2019 deadline had so many guys hurt. They had so many guys hurt throughout the season. The, there was the whole narrative of we're going to be acquiring all of these players at some point in the second half. Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Hicks, Luke Voigt, Gary Sanchez, Greg Bird, CeCe Sabathia were all, were all injured, and they, they're going to get these guys back. Edward Encarnacion was on the IL at certain points. And Duhar, Mike Talkman, like all of these guys went down at some point in the season. So that was another thing. It's like, well, the Yankees are winning 100-plus games, and they have all these injuries. So so you know, maybe the acquisitions were going to be the injury guys coming back, and that obviously right. didn't work out. 2020. That's the, wor- that's the worst narrative to have. That, that, one, oh, sure. that one played out for a few years, I feel like. That was, a, that was a good one to lean on. 2020, they made no major additions at the, at the deadline. Also, the 2020 season was bizarre. Last year, they made a bunch of moves, uh, I think. You know, Rizzo, they acquired Gallo and Rizzo. Those were the big ones. They also acquired Clay Holmes, which we all didn't know was going to be Clay Holmes at that point. And Andrew Heaney, who, who stunk up the joint. Those are the moves that the Yankees made last year. And we liked the Rizzo and Gallo moves because we thought that was providing a different dynamic for the team. And it worked out temporarily. They went on that little August run. But otherwise, 
we're actually seeing, I guess, maybe more impact from that deadline this year. They re-signed Rizzo, and Clay Holmes has been the best reliever in baseball. So we're seeing impacts from last year's deadline right now. 2018, the Yankees made a lot of moves and, and pretty big ones, too. They got Britain and Hap, and those were addressing serious needs that the 2018 team had. So when you look at what, the, yes, and the big J-Hap at the time, you know, that was a that was a move to shut down Boston in the playoffs, essentially. The number, Oops. the splits, if you remember, for J-Hap that year were, were ridiculous against Boston. So everybody's looking at him as like, okay, this is our guy to come down and shut down that lineup. And then from memory serves, it didn't work out as they think played. I Martinez but, hit a three-run home run in the first inning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't work out so well <laughs> against the splits against Boston. But that was the intent. And I think that when you're looking at what the what he was looking to address that trade deadline, um, you know, he did the he did what he was and Jack Britton was a that, that's a that's a that's a very good move. Um and looking at the guys that they give up. And this is one thing that, that you see a lot with all of these cashman deals is like you're looking at the guys who they gave up and you're like, okay, what have they done since? What did we actually give up as as m- playing Monday morning quarterback? 2020 being uh, or hindsight being 2020, what did they give up? And when you look at specifically that 18 deadline, um, Zach Britton, they gave up Cody Carroll, Dylan Tate, who has become a a pretty good major leaguer. He's he's definitely a uh, a piece in the in the um, Orioles bullpen at this point. And then Josh Rogers, Jay Happ was Billy McKinney. I think Billy McKinney's played for every single team in the major leagues at this point. And then Brandon Drury, who our guy Brandon Drury. <laughs> But Vertigo, who's having a hell of a year right now with the Reds, by the way, coming coming back to the to the world, got some contacts that work and can see the ball. We were I, all I, about Brendan Jury that year. We me, wanted him yeah, to work out so much. I felt so bad for him too because of the tunnel vision that they talked. Like I don't, I never understood how that went undiagnosed. First of all, and like the fact that that guy played with tunnel vision for as long as he did—that's amazing. How did he ever hit a baseball? I don't know. But now uh, it seems like it's it's uh. Oh, it's, Chris Carter hit a ball with fixed. his eyes closed, so I guess you don't need you don't need your eyes to, to hit a baseball. Yeah, but you do need to 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 play third base. They 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 got Luke Voigt, which was a flyer. They give up Giovanni Gallegos, who was turned into a really good relief pitcher. So mm-hmm. they, they didn't give up no one there. And then Lance Lynn for for our guy Tyler Austin. Uh, Lance Lynn did not materialize with the Yankees. He ended up being a stud pitcher after he left New York, but. Yeah, some interesting moves in 18. 17, this is as far back as we went in recent years. 17 was a very interesting deadline. And I loved what they did at the 17 deadline. The big moves were obviously getting Sonny Gray, which even though it didn't work out, how many times have we said that's a move you make again? And Todd Frazier, D-Rob, and Tommy Canely from the White Sox for Tyler Clippard, Ian Clarkin, Blake Rutherford, and Tito Polo. That Frazier, D-Rob, Canley moved helped the Yankees make the deep playoff run. They don't make a deep playoff run without those guys. And that's the type of move that I would love to see this team make. Add veteran pieces in strategic areas of your team that add depth and add needed needed uh, veteran presence, needed, needed insurance. So... The situation then and the situation now, I think, are very different, not only with the, where the team is, but also with roster construction. Because the the one year that we haven't really referred to because they were not in contention, they actually sold, was the year that they got much younger. 16. That was uh, 2016. Thank you. 
And 2016, it changed the landscape. It changed the the roster construction of what the team looked like. Uh, they got the much future younger. of the organization. Yeah. So we had so we had a, a I, I that second half of 16, even though they sold, was actually one of the most fun second halves I, I can remember in a long time. But it's not applicable they, to this year. No, no, no but a, a little bit it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back full circle. It it was fun because the 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 guys that they acquired and the guys that they brought up. You know, we were, we we called them young and dumb at that point. They didn't know any better. They just they just started winning and they do and they did well. So when you look at what they did in um in uh 17 and added a lot of those veteran players, that's when they're looking at what they have, a lot of young guys that are that are playing well. They gotta complement that with a lot of these veteran presence and they plugged a bunch of holes. I don't think this year we're looking at necessarily like veteran presence for the sake no. of having veteran presence, because then I think that that was a big piece of it. Todd Frazier came in and just like ran the clubhouse, you know, like there was a uh, holiday was there. They, they had, they had pieces that, that really was still them. there. And Sabathia was still there. Gardner was obviously still there. They still had veteran guys. They did I'm more talking about, they, they solidified needed, a lot of it. They really they did needed a third baseman because Chase Headley stunk and they needed relief pitching. And, and they got those three pieces with the, with those trades, with that trade. Yes. And but so those were obviously glaring options, glaring holes. I don't know if this team necessarily has, as glaring of a uh, you know of the holes that you can plug uh, like that team did. No, they don't. They're definitely a more complete team than the far more complete team than seventeen. But I still think they need bullpen depth. This yeah. team, and they might you know, need outfield depth. Yeah, depending so, on what they're looking for, and depending on what their, what their tolerance depth. is for some people uh, that are currently on the team. But yes, yeah, they might need shortstop depth. Yeah, they have that in AAA. Okay, and du- and double A, so they 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 might need some depth pieces to 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 bring in. Like, like my point is, I don't see them going out, barring injury over the next month. I don't see them going out and acquiring a starting pitcher. I don't see them going out and inqu- and acquiring a starter because you don't need s- more starters on this team. And and I almost equate it to what the Yankees did back in the. Back in the two thousand, the early two thousands and in the late nineties, with those teams, because those teams didn't, you didn't need overhauling moves on those teams. Those teams were ready to win a championship. You just needed something extra. You needed a cherry on top. Like in two thousand, David Justice was the cherry on top to that team to get them to the World Series. J- David Justice was acquired for Zach Day, Ricky Leday, and Jake Westbrook. Not nothing. Okay, not just, nothing Jake by Westbrook any means. Ended up- yeah, yeah, being Jake a really Westbrook good pitcher for good Cleveland. Pitcher. Westbrook yeah. was a really good pitcher for Cleveland. And and so but Justice helped them win a championship. He was awesome in the second half and he was awesome in the playoffs. And the team Did he was play kinda, left field mostly or was he more did he slide into the D8 uh he did he do both? I think he played the outfield. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I think yeah. he played the outfield. But so so but like those types of moves are what the this team needs more. It's the cherry on top. It's the depth pieces. Yeah, where they're going to make an impact at some point in the second half and in October. It's not. Oh, we need to acquire Jay Happ because we don't have five starting pitchers. David Justice is not necessarily just a cherry on top. Like that was a massive acquisition at the time. You're bringing on a guy that that he has near the, the end of his career, though. I know, he, but he he, was, he had the ability to change. I remember the narrative actually. Now that I'm now that we're talking about it, it was like you know uh, a change of scenery could be like perfect for this guy, and it ended up being very good for him, um, and he was able to to do very well. But no, I I think that um, they are looking for those extra pieces. The one thing from last year 
that they did, which was interesting, and I could see it happening again this year, is in order for them to get Clay Holmes, if you remember, they they got rid of Luis Sessa and Justin, Justin Wilson, Wilson to make some room for salary. So depending on Cashman and the Steinbrenner's hard stance on how much money they can spend that goes against uh, the luxury tax de- uh, threshold, could they be could they be moving some salary as well in order to make a a, a deal like that 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 they believe is a guy that will you know help them immediately even though he may not be a big name person I could see them doing uh, a move like that too. If you can move the salary, then obviously you do it. But if you can get a guy and it's going to cost you going over the next threshold, you do it for this team. And if you don't do it for this team and that gets out, people going to be pissed. So that's the thing. You're not going to nickel and dime it to go over it. You're going to go after a big splash then, right? It, it totally depends, right? Like if you're adding a a vet, if you're adding a veteran relief pitcher that he might be making 7 million bucks, so you might be adding 4 million bucks or something like that. Yeah, so you can clear a little bit of space to still stay under. I, that's my point. Is like I could see them maneuvering the roster enough where they're saving some dollars here and there and adding someone to stay under that. I still think they're going to play that game. I don't think they're going to blow it out of the water because if they do, they might as well go after someone that that does cost some money to make a bigger impact if that's the case. If they're truly going for it and they're going to say, hey, I'm going over that deadline, don't go over it by $2 million, $3 million. That doesn't make any damn sense. You might as well just, you might as well crush it at that point and just get who you need. Logan. Yeah, so... Um, now that Judge has officially signed, we know like the exact oh, right. lo- uh, about the exact luxury tax. Uh, so they're at two sixty two. So there's the the full thresholds are two thirty, two fifty, two seventy, and two ninety. So they're eight about million. about eight million, a little less than that's a, uh, that's a good amount of wiggle room. Third threshold. That's a lot of wiggle room. That's yeah. a good amount of room. Yeah, and plus, Especially again, if, if you turn around and you get rid of Gallo or something like that. Uh, where, everyone, you know. Okay. Everyone needs like, ooh. Uh, yeah, ideally you get someone to take the 6 million bucks that Joey Gallo. No, they're not going to take the whole money, but if you can get them to take 2 million or, or, you know, you shave off a couple million bucks to make a different move to keep you under, then yeah. Um, they're already over to, you know, what is that? What's, what are the penalties again for going over that third? Oh God, there's so many new penalties. It's, it's, I know. Like, I'm just, new... you know, they've already gone over two of them. Like what's the, I think the the, next one is, so the next one isn't the Steve Cohen tax. It's the top one. That's the Steve Cohen tax. That's That's 90. That's 290. That's the one where you're paying like your arm and your leg and your firstborn in tax payments. Yeah. So in, I think, yep. I think the tax rate, so it says that the tax rate for 270 is 62.5%. and a half percent, but I'm pretty sure if memory serves that that's the one that you lose draft picks, Mm. that your draft pick is dropped, which is like something that they've been. Yeah, they've they've doing in the past. big time. Um, yeah, so, so that'll be interesting. The money, the money, like I could see them going over that if they're already close. But 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 there's enough room. I, like eight, I eight to ten is. million dollars with some shifting around is is you know that's a solid player. That's a twenty million dollar player. It's a sixteen to twenty million dollar player at the well, done. Call it expired. more like six to seven million, not eight, because you never want to leave yourself with no room where if budgets change at the end of the year and then you're over. So my point is that I think that if they identify a player that's at a call at $20 million salary, they could yeah. make some other adjustments to make sure that they're slotted in there appropriately. For that sure. wouldn't affect the quality of the team. So I, I was trying to think like what I was trying to think. That puts what's, a lot of guys at play. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, that puts a lot of guys at play. What years uh, have the Yankees, what past Yankees teams uh, 
kind of are similar mirror how I think Cashman's going to act at this deadline, if that makes sense, right? A team that has a has most of the starters set, if not all of the starters set, who has the ability and the expectation to win a World Series. What did those teams do? And like 2009, obviously, I mean, that team was an all-star lineup up and down. All they acquired at the deadline was Jerry Harrison Jr., who was a utility player, and Eric Kinski, who was a backup outfielder. That's all they did at the 2009 trade deadline, and it didn't matter. I mean, there was a really strong argument you could have made for needing to acquiring another starting pitcher, considering they only had three starting pitchers in the playoffs, but they didn't do it. 2010, trying to back up that World Series team. Certainly not as good as the 2009 team, but still won the division. Still, still... um, was expected to to go to the World Series and made the ALCS. They they uh, they acquired Austin Kearns, Lance Berkman, who was a fun addition because that's when Teixeira got hurt, and they acquired Kerry Wood, veteran veteran pieces that filled holes on the team that were needed. Names Kerry Wood, Lance Berkman are names, but they're not pro- they're not prime Kerry Wood, prime Lance Berkman in 2010. No, but they were, yeah, they they plugged. Lance Berkman was a needed was uh, was someone who was needed with a uh, you know a good bat played first base, um, and then Kerry. I mean, Kerry Wood was was dominant in the in the uh, in the in the second half of his career as a as a uh, bullpen guy. So I mean, those were those were solid moves. Look, I I just think that this year feels different because of the fact that they haven't won anything since two thousand nine. You know, you're you're in two thousand nine. You're you're playing with like a relatively short drought. Like the drought is now significant. Everything is on the line here for them, including their best player, you know, with Aaron judge, you need to maximize this year because you don't know if he's here next year. And if you don't have him next year, next year, then your team is not as good, pure and simple. So you better, you better make every goddamn effort to make this team as good as you possibly can. Every stone unturned here, because um, they almost have to overcompensate. I think, because of the situation. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
2012, the last real year that the team was competing, they acquired Ichiro, which was you know well, well, well past his prime Ichiro. But he had a little bit of a resurgence when he came over to the Yankees. That was that was a fun. That was a fun. That was fun. Months. The other thing about this is that there are a number of of questions that are um, that are withstanding now, even still looking at how good this team has been. We don't know how the reaction to the pitch count is going to be, or how mu- how many of these starting pitchers are able to go all the way through the playoffs and then be effective in the playoffs as well. It's almost like they have to account for some of those guys really limiting their innings. Uh, almost have to account for an injury or two, especially if you're coming out, you know, relatively unscathed going into it. You got to account for some of these things because those things will happen. And if they are, and you're not prepared for them, again, this being this year being different, Cashman's going to be on the hot seat. So. I, I do think like they just got to almost overplay or over, over, uh, over index a little bit at the deadline. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking about this and you're like, not, not that many moves potentially, but the more I've thought about it, the more I'm thinking that he's got to, he's got to be right. He's got to be right and make sure that he has enough firepower to get them through um, and still be this, you know, this, this behemoth going into the playoffs. That's the type of move that's like acquiring Lance Lynn in 2018 or acquiring Andrew Heaney last year, someone who is a quote unquote major league starter who you can start or put in the bullpen start. If you have to manage innings on guys like that's that type of move. Yeah. Or, or you relegate someone that's our, that's currently on the, uh, in the rotation to the bullpen towards the end of the year. And you're bringing in someone that's a little bit more, maybe uh, that has some substance in the starting rotation, someone that has a track record, someone that can come in there and you know, damn well what you're getting from that person. So, to me, that's more of like the guys that are doing great right now. Awesome. Like, yes, so much fun to watch. But can Brian Cashman depend on those guys to continue this all the way through the year? I think he cannot. And I think the, the, well, so, a better bet. And I, I don't like talking about this right now because we're still going to be we're, you, you and, and, and I are going to be competing with our GM plans. So I feel like I'm giving you too much information right now of what's going on in my head. I'm not going to craft uh, my plans around your you plans. Might. I'm going to craft my plans to what? What Logan and I think are the best plans. Right. But subconsciously, you might be affected by what I'm saying right now. Okay. Now, if we also look at some recent World Series winners, because that's always fun to look at. Last year, the Braves made a ton of moves, and they were about a 500 team at the deadline. They acquired Jock Peterson, Stephen Voigt, uh, Richard Rodriguez, and uh, Eddie Rosario, who ended up being the NLCS MVP, and Jorge Soler, who ended up being the World Series MVP, all at the deadline. Those are... Turned out to be very good acquisitions for them. Jock Peterson was good for them, uh, had a huge NLDS for them. So they basically acquired three players who carried them through the playoffs. How the hell did they turn Eddie Rosario and Cash? uh, They got their NLCS MVP for Pablo Sandoval. I didn't, you know, like that guy's still chasing or looking back at a a cake meme rounding second base. And Cleveland never even like, Got him to Cleveland. They were just like, that's it. We're like, we're cutting you. It was a salary dump. Yeah, basically. It was like, so that, you know, they did some, they did some, they did some damn good work at the deadline. Uh, They deserve a lot of credit there. And Jack Peterson is one of those guys who I, who I kind of want. You bring in him. He's an assassin against right-handed pitching, an assassin against right-handed pitching. He's, or you know, I know he's having a better year. At least he was last time I checked. He's terrible against uh, his splits are terrible, but when you get him up against uh, right-handed pitching, he's nasty. And I wanted him 
Yankee Stadium. That that's it's like a nice pinch hit opportunity. Play him against play him against righties. Is that what Matt Carpenter is right now? Yeah, kind of. Kind Obviously, of. Peterson. But Peterson was that guy <laughs> right was, now, but Peterson yeah. was that guy. Also, you know, has uh, you know some winning pedigree from the Dodgers teams that he was on. They did they did some really good work last year. And you know, looking at the fact that they were a 500 team and then brought these guys on and then ended up you know getting as hot as they did and winning, pretty impressive. I like how the Dodgers uh, acquired Billy McKinney in 2020. <laughs> It's like to, to to close the loop on Billy McKinney there. The Dodgers got him in 2020. They didn't really do. They also got Danny Duffy um, at, at 2020. Not a lot of acquisitions were made. That was, again, a weird year. I almost feel like you throw it out. The Nationals did not acquire anyone that was, you know, a, of major uh, substance for them in the playoffs. But weren't also the Nationals like another 500 team at the deadline? Yeah, they got it really hot. Daniel Hudson, I mean, Daniel Hudson got the final out. He was an ODU guy. Shout out to ODU. He's the, uh, he got the final out of the World Series. He he played an impact place. And Hunter Strickland, was that before he got bad or was that he was good? Because he was he had nasty stuff um, at one point. I feel like that was uh, an effective. They, they, they definitely bolstered their bullpen. Yeah. But, but in the playoffs, they used their starting pitching for their bullpen pretty much. Hudson played a role for sure. Yeah. The Red Sox acquired Steve Pierce, who ended up being the World Series MVP, and Nathan Avaldi, who murdered the Yankees in the playoffs and had a great postseason run. That that one cut deep. And then the Astros obviously got uh, Justin Verlander. That was a post-deadline. That was an August waiver wire deal. They got Verlander. Uh, everyone remembers that. The Yankees did not get Verlander. Astros did get Verlander. And the Astros won the World Series with Verlander. So a lot of big names moving in recent deadlines have helped teams win championships. Yeah, no doubt. And when you look at what uh, actually the um, the haul that the Toronto Blue Jays had uh, in, in some of these trades, too, they got to, to ask her Hernandez for the Lariano trade in 17. And then also Santiago they, Espinal for the Espinal. Steve Pierce deal in 2018. Yep. Yeah. And who the hell, you know, nobody predicts Steve Pierce doing the things that he did. That guy just like, just all of a sudden took a lot of steroids and HGH or just decided that he was going to be a really good baseball player for a month and lit the world on fire. Like he see that every year though. Ridiculous. Yeah. That was extra. That was extra ridiculous. But the Red Sox were the clearly the best team. They were a juggernaut all season, and they still had some guy you just picked up off the sh- trash heap at the deadline be your World Series MVP. Who I, I like think I think that year, routinely. And I don't know if I'm correct on this, and maybe it was across two years. But didn't he play for every team in the AL East? Also, Steve Pierce did. I think. I think was it that year or the it was, year before? It was that was the last team that he needed, I believe. Okay. So he had yeah. played up until that point in his career. And, and then all of a sudden he just starts being this guy when he's playing with the with the Red Sox during uh, a World Series run. So would you say this is the biggest trade deadline for Brian Cashman since 2016? 16. 2016. Yeah. 2016 yeah. reestablished. His because 26, there was the whole talk about will the Yankees be sellers? The Yankees are never sellers, blah, blah, blah. Brian Cashman clearly made the pitch to the Steinbrenners and said, We need to be sellers if we're going to turn this around. And it was like snapped his fingers and shit turned around. The Yankees played well in the second half. They called up some prospects. 2017, they make a deep playoff run. So that worked out well for him. 
it's been so-so in the years since then as far as trade deadlines go. But this year, you're marking as this is the next milestone for him. He needs to make the right moves at this deadline to help this team win. Yep. It's a big, it's a, it's a very, I think it is definitely the biggest in 16. And, um, you know, that changed the, that changed the dynamic of the team and, and how it was going to move forward. And it was the, the, the biggest thing about 16, you know, you could argue that 16 was, it was a bigger deal because it was unprecedented. You know, there, the Yankees just didn't sell. They, they didn't do what they did. The, the fact that they gave up, you know, significant players to get younger and to, um, you know, position themselves better for the future just didn't happen. Uh, that was not part of the the Yankee narrative ever, and and he did it and and did it very well that year. Um, you know, all things considered, we, we what he did uh, and, and given the hall was was very good. Uh, some of the players didn't work out, obviously, as as they do or they don't, but um, definitely was. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people were on his side for what he did at that point. This year is is different in a different way because he needs to make the right moves to win the World Series now. And that's a big deal. In 17, they gave up a lot of prospects. Not a lot yeah. of the prospects have worked out anywhere, so it's kind of no harm, no foul. But at the time, Dustin Fowler, James Caprillion, Jorge Mateo, and Blake Rutherford were all top prospects for the Yankees. Yep. And all of them were traded. Yes. And, you know... I don't know if I'm, maybe I'm not giving 17 enough credit here because 17 was a big deal too. And I thought he did a very good job to position themselves for, and they did have a championship level team. So 17 is just like, it's salt in the, in the wound here because they did have a damn good team coming off of the unexpected 16 with the kids coming up and Gary Sanchez being Babe Ruth for the second or for the one month really that he was there. Couldn't even go um, one episode without saying his name. Oh yeah. Shit. I forgot about that role. The, uh, we're talking about the past here. This doesn't count. So, um, but you know, that was a big move and I thought, I thought he handled it well. I thought he did the right moves, uh, for, for that year. And obviously, you know, the 17 Astros for many reasons, uh, you know, took advantage of, of what they were taking advantage of and beat that team. But that team was damn good. That team, that team, if they had gotten past that game, uh, I do believe would have won the world series. I don't know. The Dodgers were a wagon too. <laughs> I mean, like, let's not sleep on the Dodgers that year, but no, but I, I mean, I think the way that they were playing, uh, it felt like they were going to win that year. Yeah. The winner right, of that well, series was going to win the World Series. That's going to wrap it up. This was, I, I don't know, this was just a look back and it's just like, sort of like an open conversation as to what we think could happen and why it's a super important trade deadline, even though the, the Yankees don't have necessarily glaring weaknesses that need to be addressed. Again, next week, we'll be doing our, our GM trade deadline episode where we each lay out our plans. We will have a couple episodes in between this. We're going to be recording after the Oakland series and then again over the weekend after the Cleveland Guardians, I almost said I-words, series. Good Scott, job. good job. Anything else? You want to say Gary Sanchez's name like four more times before we get out of here? No, but this was a uh, you said we, we said Sonny Gray and Gary Sanchez in the same podcast. So, there, so Because we're go. talking about historical things that happened okay. to this team. You can't erase them from the history of the Yankees. So the Gary Sanchez kibosh starts now. Now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. 
Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.